0: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports, Minnesota. Before this blizzard comes along and ends us all, I'll let you know which center the Vikings should pursue in
1: free agency. Hi, this is Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network. I'm wearing a hoodie recommended to me by Miles Gorham, who once told me that when he played against Adam Thielen in high school, Adam Thielen wasn't good at
2: football. And I'm Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings. Everything but excited to talk to you about the Minnesota real estate market on this here sports podcast. It's the Minnesota football party.
1: Locked on sports, Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party.
0: Welcome in. I'm Sam Ekstrom. It's the Minnesota Football Party on Locked On Sports, Minnesota. Happy Monday to everybody. You can find me on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom or on the Ron Johnson Show. You can read Arifasan at Arifasan NFL at Pro Football Network, and you can listen to Luke Braun at Locked On Vikings. You can also see him too. That's available on YouTube. It's multi-platform, just like we are here at Locked On Sports, Minnesota, Amazon Fire Roku on YouTube. Subscribe there. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're uh, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Topics today, gentlemen, include zadarius Smith selling his house, uh, free agency preview, offensive line. Who do you want for the Vikings? And we'll, of course, talk XFL rules, because why wouldn't we? Because we have, like, the preeminent, Semi pro football expert on with us, Arif Hassan. Oh, and the big news of the weekend: Blake Brandel resigned. We got to talk about that. And Tonga, um, lo- and Tonga. Now the local real estate scuttlebutt that Luke Braun is going to rant about: says Darius Smith has sold his home. Not really a climate where you would sell your home. It's not really a seller's market anymore. Not sure if he's just downsizing or what. But if that's true, could it be a signal that Darius Smith is on his way out of Minnesota? And if so, Luke Braun. Is that a good move or is that a
2: stupid move for the Minnesota Vikings? I've already gone on record and said I don't think it's a very good move. He Zedaria Smith is one of the best pass rushers in the league. We don't really have any evidence to suggest that that's not going to be true again. And him, the, the he's making like top twenty five money. Like this is a very efficient deal, and I don't think that cutting zadaria Smith and putting that thirteen million elsewhere gets you more than just keeping it in Zaydarius Smith would. Um, I also don't care about real estate news uh we're gonna find out what happens to him within a month and guess what the vikings don't have to play any games between then and now so we don't need to know ahead of time uh he could just be moving could just maybe he wants to put a go to a different school district uh maybe he just wants to move across the street downsize like you said we we have no idea i'll wait for somebody to report that the vikings are thinking about cutting him or whatever it's not the first thing that they would do um they're we already know Adam Thielen basically confirmed that they're talking to him about a pay cut. I wonder if they're doing the same thing with Harrison Smith. Uh, so it wouldn't make sense that this is like a done deal and we're just waiting to find out the news. When it happens, we'll know. I, I am fine to be patient. I don't need to know a month ahead of time by looking up. This feels like when when like recruiting Twitter starts looking at flight paths for 17-year-olds. Yeah. Like we don't need to be there this weird go. about it.
1: Yeah. I'll yeah. um, I'll add on to this. Uh, there's like obviously 80 million reasons somebody might sell their home. I recently saw a YouTube video about why, if uh, if your rental costs are less than five percent of what you pay for your, um, I guess non-returnable or non-investment. Uh, payment for housing so that does not include uh, like mortgage but it includes interest and uh, home maintenance and stuff like that then you should rent instead of buy and maybe he saw the same YouTube video I don't know man so like (laughs) it's it's, yeah there's there's all kinds of reasons someone would would put up their house for sale I it's kind of ridiculous but it does it does lead to a good jumping off point point in talking about Z'Darrius Smith insofar as the Vikings should not touch that contract except to extend him there's no reason so, and i don't even know if extending him is a good idea right because he's up there in age you might as well just take his contract where it is it's at a pretty good spot so um yeah it, it wouldn't make sense to move on from him he played extremely well last year
2: the the singular person who should have the most issue with the smith contract is Zedaria smith
0: yeah correct that that's correct fourth in pressures 11th and pass rush productivity. Like, I mean, he, Micah Parsons had 12 more pressures than Zedaria Smith, and he played in one more game, and he played like 300 more snaps. I mean, that that's like a Micah Parsons level of pressure production. I think Micah Parsons is still better at getting home. He's more explosive. Like, he's not Micah Parsons. But just if you stack it up relative to his peers, Zedaria Smith was right there. With the best mm-hmm. is cap hit, and it gets a little blurry between OLB and you know edge sometimes, but cap hit would be twelfth among OLBs per spot track, fourteenth among defensive ends. Super fair market value based on his production. Um, spot track says it's 17 million against the cap. Over the cap says it's only 15 and a half million against the cap this year. Both of those are deals. Over the cap is usually more reliable. So let's say it's 15 and a half. Yes. That's an incredible value. You save 12.2. And guys, I don't love the pipeline. They they didn't really take edges last year in the draft. They do have Luigi Villain, who didn't do anything. He was redshirted, more or less. Yeah, why did you start with that one? Uh, Because I'm trying to figure out if they have like <laughs> a diamond in the rough. Because I'm pretty confident oh, okay. that DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones yeah, are they're not, not Everson Griffin's waiting for an opportunity i don't think that's the case and And i'm trying robinson's on the eagles right so yeah Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
2: they don't have anyone
0: um so this is i don't think they have just someone waiting in the wings like daniel hunter with brian robinson right this is not that kind of situation
1: Hmm. it really isn't and everyone gets so excited this
2: time of year about cap space like everybody (laughs) all they want is to make a bunch of money and, and and like go into free agency with a whole bunch of money. It's like you are making if you release Zadarius Smith, you are making a dire emergency problem on the mm-hmm. roster. Like this oh, is yeah, if you release Zadarius Smith and you do not replace him, you just sank a season. It's that bad. Like it. Do you, we not remember how 2020 happened? That was an emergency situation on that. Defense. Yeah the the whole defense. the they whole would not deal set the edge to save lives. Their-
1: yeah the whole deal with with cap space is that it is a series of problem solving maneuvers right you're fitting everything into basically a jigsaw puzzle so if you cut a player you have to replace him every team enters uh the the season with 53 on their active roster right and so you got a player you have to replace now you might replace that player with a um a, a cheaper contract right it is very possible to do that but the question is are you gaining more wins per dollar right is the amount of wins that you've added uh in free agency greater than the number of wins you lost with your cap cutting moves and that's i mean that's the primary function of all of this. And I think people kind of forget that sometimes they are just like, Hey, Vikings are lost in cap space. Here are the, like the seven biggest cap hits. Well, you can't cut Kirk cousins. So here are the six biggest cap hits besides Kirk cousins. Let's get it real. And it's just like, they're not, they're not going to get more wins per dollar by, by finding the goal isn't to surplus,
2: isn't to amass cash. The goal is to amass players, uh, good ones. And Hey, we've got one of those. Uh, Let's keep them.
1: Yeah, like you don't get points at the end of the game for the extra cap space left over. If you did, that'd be a wildly anti-labor move, but outside of that would be kind of funny.
2: Much to the chagrin of Ryan Poles, it doesn't work that way.
1: Right, yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals would absolutely love that sort of maneuver, right? The Raiders, the Bengals, I guess the Bears, right? (laughs) (laughs) I would rather cut Dalvin Cook.
0: I would rather cut Eric Kendrick's who's a pretty, I mean, the cap savings between Kendricks and Hunter is not that, it's like nine and a half versus what we just say, 12.2. It's not that much. I get a little more nervous about cutting Smith and Thielen with that level of dead cap. Like, I think those guys are clear restructure candidates. I see the appeal in saying, oh, that, like this is the biggest way we can amass cap space. But at a at, at a position of great value at edge rusher, you're really going to get rid of one of the top 10, in the league last year, who's signed at a bargain. And he's not like, I think he got this like old stigma, this kind of ageist trope that, Oh, this guy is old. He's washed up. He's hurt. He's 30.
2: He's 30. He's not that old. <laughs> yeah. Once you turn 30, you might as well be 80 because now the number in front is a three instead of a two. And yeah, that means rough. that it's, it's, it's
1: over. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. Um, I, I will say, like, yeah, I, if I was choosing between Eric Hendricks and Zedaria Smith, certainly I would I would explore options to reduce Eric Hendricks's cap hit, including potentially cutting him. But I actually, I wouldn't want to cut him either way. Right. Because you're replacing Jordan Hicks with Brian Esmo, who you're replacing Eric Hendricks with. Right. They uh, have let go of, yeah. I believe, their inside linebackers coach. Right. So they're going to bring in a new one. I don't know if they have yet. I have not been as up to date this offseason as I should be, but I, I, I would imagine that that person would absolutely want to work with Eric Kendricks. And and uh, firing a defensive coordinator after one year is a good indication that you should not trust the fact that previously great players suddenly were not great, right? Like that's an indication mm-hmm. to you that maybe that defensive coordinator's defense was not putting players in a position to succeed so i would trust the pattern of success that we've seen from players like harrison smith and eric hendricks and so on now dalvin cook not producing that is a conversation we can have uh plus you know running backs in that history of production and stuff like that um but uh the eric hendricks thing for now i i wouldn't touch it but yeah if i was going to choose between zadarius smith and eric hendricks yeah, i'd keep zadarius smith
2: mm-hmm. now here i thought that no coaches wanted to come to Minnesota because we don't have a very good roster.
1: Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's tough. Fly I mean, it's over cold. country and all. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cold. Uh, the cap space is situation. People don't want really to come here, which no defensive
2: likes. coordinator is solely responsible for. Right. And, and so that's their problem that they would inherit.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, no one wants to work with Kirk Cousins, obviously. So you could, can, you can't bring in a defensive coordinator because of Kirk Cousins for some reason. Um, it's it's tough. I mean it sucks that the Vikings were left with a bottom tier candidate like Brian Flores. Nobody wanted him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing him and at he didn't want
1: he wanted yeah. it, so we had
0: to want I'm laughing at a Reefs comment, but also like it's so we're dealing with such a conundrum with Luke Braun's internet right now that the frames that he freezes at are so hysterical. So that perfect. Lu- I've Aref only and I, them, but yeah. Marif and so I good. are just having a ball over here. If you're listening, I would suggest going and watching because it is worth the
1: Please price. Please don't. <laughs> Absolutely. what well, Luke, I've already tweeted out some of these. It's it's in the ether. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm incensed. You can't escape it now. All right,
0: let's dive into offensive line targets and free agency for the vikings after i remind folks that we are fueled by fanduel america's number one sportsbook you can sign up and get the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win download the fanduel sports uh for sportsbook app safe secure super easy to use uh the nfl is done but the nba is just heating up all-star break this past weekend about 20 games to go in the regular season spreads money lines totals points rebounds assists same game parlays to trigger a bigger payout exclusive bets like three pointers in the first three minutes stuff like that uh don't miss your chance to get the no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel all right we're going through the free agency uh wish list for the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, we focus on offensive line today. The next area of potential need for the Vikings, I would say, center, um, perhaps guard depth. They just re-signed Blake Brandle to support their tackle position. We'll get into that, but um, I give you guys the floor. Let's start with the Reef. You can go any position, tackle, guard, center, whatever you want. Who are you circling? Who do you have a, a little check next to their name? Who do you like the Vikings to pick up?
1: Uh, I think uh, in terms of probable uh, value, I mean, we, we don't know what these players will eventually earn in free agency, what their contracts will look like. But my guess on what their contract value is versus the return they'll provide to the Vikings versus the positional value that we're looking for, probably go for Dalton Reisner over with the Denver Broncos. Um, has a good understanding of uh, the types of schemes that the Vikings would want to run. Is a fairly competent player in both the run and the pass. Would be a pretty massive upgrade at guard. Um, Obviously, I am more down on Ed Ingram than a lot of other people. Uh, And so, uh, you know, a lot of people say, hey, you know, second year, give him a chance. I agree. Make him compete. Right. I, I don't think that he should be handed the position by virtue of being a second year player. I think there should be healthy competition. One great thing about Dalton Reisner is he was scouted as a center. He played tackle, I believe, at... Big 12 school at like, Kansas State or something like that.
2: Kansas State.
1: Um, yeah. Um, but he was scouted as a center. He played guard a lot for Denver, but he also cross-trained at center for them. So, um, you know, this isn't me punting on center for a guard just because I don't like Ed Ingram. But I do think that having somebody that can play both guard and center is a pretty big value here. I think Dalton Reisner has the ability to do that.
2: It's always a value, regardless of, like, what the situation no, is. Yeah. Like Ingram could get hurt and then you need it, right? Um, I was going to go a little more small potatoes because outside of just like bringing back Garrett Bradbury on like six mil a year or whatever, like that seems like the the bargain thing to do and not in a bad way. Like that seems like a good cost- spot to efficient... track. Oh my gosh. I'm looking at the rest uh, of Brad Spielberger's. I'm looking at Spielberger's estimates. He's really good at guessing contracts, so I'm kind of putting oh, yeah. my faith in yeah.
1: him. Yeah, uh spot track, I think, for offensive linemen does starts, which I think is a pretty poor way to evaluate Garrett Bradbury.
2: <laughs> well, he started games. Started a lot of games. They count. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh so I was gonna go smaller. Um, but I to Arif's point about like possible competition about uh for ed ingram uh max garcia he's somebody i've been asking for for a while he's older veteran uh you can also play eight. both he can play center oh cool pretty, perfect pretty confident yeah. um yep so uh, yeah that that's somebody I've, I've asked for in previous off seasons um he's older he's not somebody that's gonna break the bank so much and he doesn't like I wouldn't bring him in and anoint him with the starting center role. I think he would have to go elsewhere for center. But I think he would give you like a nice floor like Ed Ingram be better than this guy and then you get the start and he you played can kind of have center at Florida
1: him. and was on the Ribbington trophy watch
2: list. Yeah he can play center. Sure that's good enough we, <laughs> we had Chris Reed in, in there last year. We get that's better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I think that could be it. Or honestly Chris Reed himself. Yeah, uh, I still also, think is reasonable right guard competition for uh, Ed Ingram. Rubber. He got hurt in the last year, last year in camp, but I actually think he could have uh, given Ingram a run for his money if he didn't.
1: Yeah. Also, Will Hernandez, big guard.
2: There are some people who are very plugged in to the 2018 draft who are freaking out to hear that he is available oh my gosh people now, were I mean, there's very there's mad
1: or reason i'm more emotions. referencing the jonathan gannon mm-hmm. video but <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh i yeah. did not watch it i saw oh, what everybody said about it and i was like internet? i'm g- i'm out
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give i me not to experience notes. this uh, it's uh, ex- extremely awkward looking and you know i i don't i i am somebody that that makes fun of people a lot but i try to set pretty clear boundaries of what i will and will not make fun of and it is very hard for me not to make fun of jonathan Cannon's <laughs> interactions with the players extremely awkward um had a very unusual set of interactions with i forget which defensive player but just had like you know one of those like hey uh good to meet you kind of an awkward pause and then he just did a <laughs> and and everyone was like what are you why would you just do that unprompted? Why would you do that? And he's like, "Explosives. Oh We're gonna get explosive plays." And you're like, "But oh, oh god, that's so awkward." <laughs> and when he met Will Hernandez, he like he he was he was like confirming in his brain that it was Will Hernandez he was meeting is what it seemed to be. Like. He was like, he taps him on the on the pack, and he's like, "Will Hernandez, big guard." <laughs> like oh <laughs> man how did this guy get multiple interviews this is rough this it's
0: it's like guy got hired
2: as a coach yeah oh have you ever like gone for a handshake and then somebody else goes for a fist bump and then you're like oh you're going for a fist bump i'll go for a fist bump but then they're going for a handshake and it's like that energy for a whole conversation
1: yeah the whole video is that except one person is in the wrong the whole time, and it's trying get it. <laughs> He's the only
0: person being awkward. Everyone else is totally normal.
1: Yeah, and, like, honestly, when's the last time a phenomenal defensive coordinator who crapped out in the Super Bowl got hired? Was it Matt Patricia with the Lions? Didn't see that going wrong.
0: I don't know. There was a pretty awkward guy I, uh, who got hired with the Eagles
1: who ended up being in a Super Bowl, Nick Sirianni. You, do you think? Do you think his pregame? Well, I guess I guess his presser was pretty awkward, huh? The presser, yeah, that famous yeah, That was bad. Yeah, but the interactions the with players to me matter more, right? Like that has real mm. Adam Gaze energy. Oh, god. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's a good comp.
0: Um, so that's that. I've got a uh, a wish list for centers. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Yes. All right. I've got budget option. I've got medium option. What would you identify if I said no? I don't want to hear it at all. Then we would have moved on. We would have talked oh, okay. XFL, but you said you <laughs> wanted to hear it. So I do. Oh, I, do. I was just and curious. Let's go. I've got budget, medium, pricey, and I've got stay away. Who would stay you like away. to hear about? First? I want to hear, want to hear stay the away. stay away. Yeah. All
1: right.
0: <laughs> Who are you absolutely out on? Yeah. What is he's this? PFF's number one center target, Ethan Posick? Why do you want to stay away from him? I you think can play he's all five in- positions. He's coming off a pretty big outlier season. That that's a little bit alarming. At the price you would have to pay for an outlier season, you know, like Ethan Posick probably played under what kind of contract with Cleveland? Like I think that's the contract that he's probably worth. Let me confirm this before I I say okay. No. But okay, real... he played for a minimum.
1: He played for one point one million for Cleveland. Okay, I I think your concern is fair. I will say two things. We put the two things. One. He played for Seattle and in previous iterations for Seattle, being an offensive lineman was awful. You did not get coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not really gonna, and, and he switched positions like eight times in Seattle, so I'm not really gonna necessarily hold that against him. Two, if we're going by PFF grades, my understanding is that he has improved basically every year. Um, Seattle tried about, like, right tackle at first, I think, because, I mean, he's a he's very large for a center, and so uh, a lot of people projected him as a tackle coming out of college. That's not crazy unusual, especially given what Seattle has done on the offensive line historically, like converting defensive tackles uh, and playing tight ends and stuff like that, which, hey, George Fant worked out. Um, but, yeah, I... I, I don't I don't think that the history of production there is as useful an indicator as it typically is because he is the recipient of multiple position changes, bad coaching, and he has improved. That said, there's a reason that he got a minimum contract in free agency last time. Um, so I wouldn't say that he is necessarily um I wouldn't have put him as the top target at center. in fact, I would have put some of these guards at the top t- target at center like a max Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> you're right he's improved
0: he's improved like each of the last three years okay and he he did have a nice year in cleveland he was third in pff rankings that i think is just the the body of work doesn't blow me away and i'd be a little worried about that i i think that he's going to cost probably top top of the line for centers. yeah if he year. costs
1: top of the line money yeah that, that's a fair stay away yeah yeah now if Listen you're talking
0: about a budget option as yeah. an outlier I would go with Jake Brendel, who was really good with the 49ers last year. Gave up one sack and over a thousand snaps. Is really his first season of getting a chance. Wait, yeah, did he only get one year, a one year contract? Is that what happened?
1: Jake Brendel? I yeah. think Jake
0: Brendel has been year to year. He's never really
1: been. Cause I remember advocating the Vikings signing him a while back. I was like, let's go get this guy. I mean, he's been on rosters, off rosters, practice squad, one
0: year deals, waived yep. like he one year yeah.
2: deals every year since 2018. Perfect. Was Go grab great. He ran like a four two five short shuttle or something like that. Go get He's him. never made big money, so this might be the time.
0: Yeah. yeah. But he's 30. Like he's not going to get paid a lot. I think that's a that's a budget option. Cool. Medium yeah. option, Bradley Bozeman. And it's probably not super medium, but he played for Carolina at two point eight million last year, played about half the year hurt, came off injuries. He was decent, not great. I don't think, and PFF estimates him at. Uh, oh no, sorry, that was McGovern. PFF doesn't have him in their top 100. I don't think he makes big money, but he's only 28. Um, had a good track record in Baltimore. Carolina is a bad organization. They changed coaches mid-year. I'm not going to like that. I think is almost an outlier to the negative. Where yeah, I think I'll, you I'll, can I'll get say, some
1: value. I'll say this about Bozeman: um, he has played well in the past. I don't regard him necessarily as a system fit. I'm not as tied to the issue of system fit as i as i used to be but i do think that that is a concern i do like the attitude that he brings as a player which you know that has been an issue with the vikings offensive line before so um i wouldn't be opposed but it's certainly i i would be uh and this is where i'm like super irrational about draft picks because everyone is at some point this is where i am i'd be much more excited about jake Brentel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> never give up never wrong yeah, jake Rendell yeah. is the kind of contract that the vikings i think would love to give out because it's not going to mm-hmm. break the bank it's not going to be long term you've got so many other liabilities that that would not be an overly like an overcommitment you know giving four years to ethan Postig might be an overcommitment
2: i could see if, that, if yeah. yeah if you do the like top end guy for four years and now it's like you're not drafting a center anymore that feels like it's a less efficient way to solve the problem than something like Jake Brendel, take a guy in the third round and then hope that third round guy is ready by year two mm-hmm. or fourth round or whatever yeah um high end option is the connor McGovern
0: in my mind just kind of a workhorse doesn't miss games he's played
1: right guard not a great center market huh your high end options connor McGovern i mean look at his look at his Pff He's pretty fine. Good.
0: <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> He's had success in two different franchises. That's important. Yeah. Okay, but speaking to your center market comment, Garrett Bradbury is in the top 100. I and mean, Garrett Bradbury is their number three center. Right. Which All right. I Yeah. Okay. I am yeah. flummoxed by. <laughs> really? Just flummoxed. Above Bradley Bozeman? Above That's... Brendel? Well, above, above Brendel's Brendel. not
1: that <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> my guy. They obviously aren't taking into account like value here. For Garrett Bradbury, if we're talking outliers, Garrett Bradbury is not a value play at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. That's the, the Garrett Bradbury's history of production concerns me far more than uh than Ethan Posick's. Do, do we agree that
0: if if Spielberger is correct, if Bradbury is worth 6.25 per year, not a chance he's coming back.
1: I don't know, but that not a that's chance, pretty reasonable. But, yeah, like, that's like, not but,
2: that much for a center. That that is that is a. But center it's because that's that, not that much. Like it's not. Right. You're, you're not thinking you're getting a top ten guy for that. That's a center um, that you have not
1: committed guaranteed starter money to. You're probably going to start him at six million a year, but you're not committed to it. If you get a, a better center, that six million dollar a year contract is not going to stop you.
0: Vikings should have gone and gotten their center of the future last year. Center so market was it. stacked. Oh you mean signed? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I agree. That's what I meant. Yeah. Free yep. agency stacked. Um, could have done a fair two-year deal, three year deal. They didn't do it. All right. Um, offensive line help is on the way in the form of break uh, Blake Brandle, who signed his ERFA deal. I think that was a foregone conclusion. Do you see him as merely the swing tackle first off the bench, or is there a world where he could maybe compete for guard? I'd give
2: him a tackle. Yeah, I'd give him a tackle. And I wouldn't even call it a merely. I think that's an important job. Good for him. He's got it. Yeah. And sixth offensive lineman. He'll see the field. Oh, true. Yeah. Goal line packages and whatnot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the old Udo it? switch to guard didn't go well. The Mike Remmers switch to guard didn't go well. I do think we are a little scarred here. Um, Mike Harris, that went pretty well. successfully. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like there, there are some pretty glaring examples of conversions gone wrong. I don't think that necessarily means it's always a bad idea. Oh, just no, want, I, I just want to that have was, an open mind about this. That,
2: that was like Spielman, just learning the wrong lesson from mike harris turning out and then he tried it with like three other guys he tried it with Clemens. I, I I don't think he was Beavers. behind the udo
1: switch I, I, i'm gonna be honest here let's well, I I talk about
2: was... clemmings and remmers I, yeah once you get down uh, to udo then that's yeah i, know, that's, I, I that's, think five that five years just... later i don't know if that's having an influence like what yeah, happened six i think that years was ago. just
1: like well we're out of guards <laughs> and and <laughs> and i like this guy so he's on the field now
2: <laughs> he had a good camp all right I will just yeah. I will die but in week one it made sense
0: <laughs> other he side the, of the he played
2: the best in camp what are you gonna do <laughs>
0: <laughs> um other side of the line Kairos Tonga uh was he an irfa as well I assume he was an irfa uh, signed yes. his deal yep I didn't realize this until I looked it up today Tonga ranked 13th of all interior defensive linemen on PFF 276 snaps not a minuscule sample size either i know that sample sizes can be misleading but that's not nothing um he was good legitimately good where do you think he fits in the pecking order as of today
2: i think he's your sure. next guy in base i guess cuz they don't really have your like kind of classic smaller sleeker three tech type guy yeah. So, if you had to play a game tomorrow, you would probably, the, the Flores defense still uses three down linemen in the same way, in the, like quote unquote three, four. Um, right. So, he'd right. probably he'd, be along that game line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gameplay in the gameplay. Yeah. Typically, they'll gone. base there.
0: Yeah. Bullard is a free agent. They might re sign him, but he's a free agent, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you. So I think he
2: competes for that job, or mm-hmm. or he just turns into backup Harrison Phillips and you're pretty happy with that, too. Yeah. What Right backup. now,
0: you've got it's Phillips obviously there. Um, yeah. And Pablo he's got to rotate a lot,
2: so you'll see plenty. Yeah.
0: Otomewo, Tonga, Blacklock. Hey, Lock.
1: Otomewo did come on late in yeah. the season. That's fair. Yeah.
0: I just don't think there's a lot blocking Tonga from playing a big role, and I don't think the Vikings are going to invest heavily outside of their current investment. Like, if they keep Smith, if they keep Hunter, if they keep Phillips, I don't think they're going to invest anywhere else on that
1: line. Yeah, Luke Braun, or not Luke Braun, Luke Inman, sorry. Sorry, got the Lukes confused. You're all the same to me. How dare you? Apologize Uh... to him. (laughs) (laughs) Luke Inman was like, hey, Brian Flores loves to invest in defensive linemen. Let's take a look at some of these defense. He was really gussied up. He was excited. He wanted to look at some defensive linemen, right? He He was like, hey, what if Brian Brissett falls? Which, you know, that's not going to happen, but why not? Right? well I like I like the idea of a draft investment.
0: I just don't think they're gonna put dollars into it but I I, well, think, okay, that, yeah, I, I
1: think that I think the back I...
0: end of the first round because Luke and I talk draft, I, I think that the back end of the first round based on what I'm hearing from from Spinman is that it's full of like these versatile sort of three to five tech guys that can play a little inside a little outside um Kalijah Cansey, big name Bressy big name
1: um maybe not available. But probably not it's uh you know it's kind of I, kind of rich compiling these big boards i actually am surprised by that analysis from inman i haven't watched these guys i am just reading spreadsheets but um it, it does not seem like the industry consensus has a lot of interior defensive linemen as bottom of the first round capable if it seems like that's a thin position but i'm kind of excited to see it play out especially after the combine where that's a pretty tremendously important event for that position um mm-hmm. I, but yeah, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of Bullard type investments, maybe not Jonathan Bullard specifically, but Bullard type investments where it's like, hey, there's a reason this guy might pan out. We're going to throw a couple of dollars, maybe even above the minimum at, at at this kind of contract and and hope that they can compete. But this is not going to be um, we're not going to be signing, you know, uh, a star three technique in order to get things going. We're going to sign a bunch of guys that have the capability to compete with Otomewo and Tonga to be potential starters. Maybe, you know, by the time the draft rolls around, we'll also find a starter capable guy. But to me, I think you're right. They're going to invest probably a little bit more than nothing, right? They're probably going to invest more than just bottom of the roster, camp body types that they need to rotate in. I think they want to grab, I think they want to throw some darts, but I don't think that, I think that you're right. I think that there's not going to be an enormous amount of dollars poured in. This feels really likely to be a camp competition. Yeah. Hey, get your best. Uh, get your next uh, Sebastian Thunderbucket. You know. There you go. Safe to Somebody assume that, that job.
0: Qu- Quasi has given us his tell. Like Quasi is looking for diamonds in the rough that are that come on rookie deals. They might be able to extract something more than the previous team got. I'm not sure that Ross Blacklock is going to be the shining example of this working, but yeah. I think I don't think it's a Hundred percent success rate. Like I think that it's like more of a twenty percent success rate, and you keep taking those shots. And I can see him I, I would adding say, someone of that ilk
1: via trade before the season. I, I would say that of the of the dart throws that Kwesi made at the defensive line this year, they net turned out good work. Yeah, Bullard went healthy, fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Tonga, Tonga, fine. great. Yeah, terrific
1: um and
2: black showed something probably bad
0: What's, yeah That's two yeah, out of four. So i think
1: i think so yeah so you don't have you, like Blacklock didn't work out fine obviously harrison phillips does not qualify as a dirt throw but mm-hmm. um yeah net net that turned out saw a little breaking news this morning
0: um darren doogie wolfson said the the vikings are very interested in extending TJ Hawkinson. I think that's kind of it's. That it's kind of Captain obvious. Doogie. Sorry, but it's also but... not.
2: Like, <laughs> do you <will> say anything? <laughs> I love Doogie. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, it's crap on him. But that's you know. That's not. Yeah, no, that's a compliment. Yeah. No,
0: it like I think it is an interesting <laughs> conversation to have because uh, of course the interest is there. Can you swing it? Yeah. Um, can you get the cap number down this year and still pay him? a like market that's, setting that's contract that's how you get the cap
1: number end. down this year that's how you do yeah. it you push it it's you, you, you a, take yeah you take a all path the money. with very little resistance this yeah is a, which <laughs> yeah, rules exactly. you take mm-hmm. hey all this money that you're owed you're gonna get all of it this year but accounting wise it's gonna count next year and the year after and the year after yeah but you get you get to take all of it home and then some the signing bonuses are magic. Players get their money
2: right and, away, and it makes you harder to cut for the next couple of years. So all that money that we didn't actually guarantee, you're probably going to be able to see. Yeah,
1: it's great.
0: <laughs> I still think Detroit regrets that deal.
2: Don't I? You? Can't believe they did it. I'll never understand it. Why did they do that?
1: Uh, okay, so I, 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 if I am the Detroit front office, I regret the deal. Detroit fans certainly don't seem to regret the deal because they're like, hey, after the they're trade, coping. we
2: started winning what games. You have to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Right. yeah, they were, they were one in six before the trade, right? And like six and one right after it.
2: Clearly, he was the toxic <laughs> yeah. Yeah. locker so, room uh, parasite. Yeah, T.J. I, I, yeah,
1: I think that turned out to be a bad deal for Detroit, but it did not express itself at the most base level outcome analysis that we have, which is wins. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, TJ Hawkinson after the trade, TJ Hawkinson had almost as many catches for Detroit as Jameson Williams.
0: <laughs>
1: oh boy!
2: Speaking of trades with the Vikings, it's the BB Bar. That's that's. What I, I'm still James I'm still Williams.
1: saying comments that the Vikings um clearly the evidence demonstrates that the Vikings messed up that trade down with uh because of James and Williams and it's like he had one catch. Now, mind you, from a market perspective, yeah. But if your argument is that the season has proved that the Vikings messed up that trade down. Again, uh, Jameson Williams and Lewis Seen have almost the same number of catches. I, like...
2: <laughs> but that, he scored against the Vikings, Arif. <laughs> yeah, and it was a busted coverage. I want I want to point to remember, I think it was 2021, maybe 2020, that it was a crazy game in Seattle, which we've had a few of those. Yeah. Laquan Alan Treadwell a busted had coverage. Game. 56-yard touchdown. If, 2019. If you discredit everything Laquan Treadwell did... In his career, except for that one busted coverage, he had a better season than Jamison Williams. <laughs> I, okay, I, and I, that's I, being uncharitable to Laquan Treadwell. <laughs>
1: I don't want to dig on Jameson Williams too much. It's totally understandable why he didn't have an enormous amount of production. He was injured. He came into the season late. He's remarkably talented in Alabama. If he turns out well, that's fantastic. But I just think it is very funny the way that conversation has evolved around him, given what we've seen.
2: It's so fun to bad faith stats about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I we just did. It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the principle is it's the, the you have to you can't be mad about a player the Vikings didn't get if he doesn't cross the BB bar. Chad BB in Beebe. 2020 got like Beebe 220 bar. yards and two touchdowns. If you do not clear that level of production, you're not allowed to be mad that the Vikings hey, didn't get Did
1: him. Laquan ever clear that level of production for the Vikings.
0: Uh, Laquan in 2019, I've been sitting on this the year that that Braun referenced his long touchdown, had a better yards per route run. <laughs> Then Chris Godwin, uh, Cortland Sutton, Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, Jarvis Landry, DJ Moore. He was 18th in
1: the league in yards he per run, now? yards Did per out run, run like nine routes. He ran. Um, why does it why is it not
0: like oh my god, he's a Seahawk? Why does it not tell me?
1: Ah, well, that that feels inevitable. Actually. Target That's
0: 16 targets. I don't know if that helps.
1: So, like, probably yeah, 30 routes or something like that. That, that tracks. That's good. That's good <laughs> stuff.
0: Um, enthralling XFL talk and rules we would like the NFL to adopt after I remind you that the storm's coming and you should probably stock up on built bars because if you don't have groceries, you need something quick, you need to survive these next four days. Uh, having 17 grams of protein in a single bar – doesn't hurt you. Uh, Also, it tastes good. So healthy, tasty, good combo. Get some built bars with their delicious flavors and 100% real chocolate. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond, and super accessible. If you drive down to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab a four box, self-checkout. You're in and out. You're back in your car. You're getting home, beating the snow. Uh, Sam's Club, same deal. Available there as well. Get a 13 bar box. And uh, if you want to have a shipment coming your way for after the storm, Built.com promo code locked on 15 for 15% off. Built, you can thank me later.
1: Sam, I have a cue.
2: Okay. <laughs> is that <laughs> in the ad copy? You could have said that anyway.
1: None,
0: none of you, that was in the ad copy.
2: Couple I, so, I it's totally. To what storm
0: are you referring? You, you Just are being very
2: specific.
1: So preciously not online. It is. <laughs> it is. I oh. feel bad every time. I get. Um, I get the
0: Q joke you just made.
1: Okay, yeah. great. That's all. I I, that's all I wanted.
0: <laughs> I've seen that's... a documentary about this. So, how many minutes of XFL football did you watch this weekend, Bron? Uh, all of it. How many? So, how many minutes? That was the question. What's that's? Uh,
2: three hundred twenty minutes. No, be specific. No. Okay. Five. So five hours no. and twenty minutes. Two hundred forty minutes. What? I, I, I don't know how long four the hours. Said. There were so four we, games We're cheating off
0: of this guy in math class. Oh, okay, there were four games hours. at three hours. each. that's 12 out uh, 12 Why did I 720. Should be the answer, right? Yeah, all right. We're all so getting for ha- cheating off of this kid. Braun has no idea. Luke or uh, Arif, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Arif how many minutes zero. you have a brand to uphold here? Yeah, zero. I, I will watch all kinds of xFL and usFL content uh this off season or maybe off seasons like a, a disrespectful word but this mm-hmm. spring league season but uh but uh i uh i I did not have the capability to watch any um, xFL this weekend I did see some highlights we got some nooch going that was pretty nice we got an a j McCarron comeback that was pretty cool um Luke, if you were going to tell me that Ben Nucci actually played poorly, I didn't see it, and I won't hear it. Uh,
2: <laughs> he he did he did so many cool things, and then he blew it at the end.
1: Yeah, that's what he does, right? He, yeah. I, I did he. Th- okay, Luke, you watched the whole game. Did he ever throw the ball with an over the top delivery? Once.
2: Oh God! <laughs> I didn't <laughs> watch Bruce that level close. All right.
0: Um. Since you watched seven hundred and twenty minutes, Braun, and Arif and I watched a combined zero, give us like three bullet points.
2: Just other in than general on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um the Brahma's defense is fascinating. Uh
0: what is a Brahma? You're
2: I'm not on a Brahma bull. It's like a it's a, a a kind of cattle, I guess, but it also originates from like the Hindu word for, like, a, a cowable, okay, which is a dope aesthetic. It, Hindu uh, god,
1: specifically. But yeah.
2: Hindu god, yeah. It is a very sick aesthetic for the San Antonio Brahmas. That was very cool. The Battlehawks-Brahmas game was awesome. Uh, the biggest headline is probably, speaking of rules, that because of the way that they do onside kicks, um, it, the Battlehawks were down 15 points with under two minutes to go and ended up taking the lead with 20 seconds to spare. By scoring, going for a three point conversion, getting it. Uh, the onside kick, they elected to do the fourth and 15 instead, got the fourth and 15, scored another touchdown, 15 points. Blake Pearl's uh, brother. Is that Blake right. Pearl's brother? I wasn't sure. Pretty sure it is. Yep. Awesome. It Pearl. is. Yeah. So, yep, that's a big one. Uh, and uh-huh. the Roughnecks look unstoppable they're the only team to really blow somebody out wade phillips team Mm -hmm. is he gonna snipe
0: west is he gonna have (laughs) west call plays for a promotion xfl
2: probably uh can't match the the contract i don't think yeah that's the the salary
1: demands of a salary will be tough
0: (laughs) (laughs) um let's talk about the the zany rule stuff three-point conversion I am not a convert. Um, I don't think, and as well as I'm not a convert to removing the like foot kicking based extra point uh in favor of running a play. I don't want to take field goal kickers out of the game. I'm I'm old school in that regard. Love the onside kick alternative.
1: Yeah, 1415. I, 15, I really like it. Yeah, I um I I'd, I'd been talking to uh this is not me saying that I came up with it. I'd been talking to to Sam Schwarzstein, um who is uh both the analytics consultant like Amazon Prime Video. He like he does a lot of work with them, um, with the next gen stats and, and liaising with Amazon and stuff like that. He's a big part of their second broadcast, which is really cool. Um, but also he helped design a lot of the rules for the XFL, including their awesome kickoff rule and the fourth and 15 rule. And I've been talking um, with him and a number of other analytics people that have talked about revamping the offside rule for a while. I think before the XFL was even a thing. And uh, one of the ideas that the the community came up with was this, uh, you know, turn it into a fourth down. So let's figure out what fourth down distance is somewhat approximate to the percentage that we kind of want for there to be an onside kick because onside kicks, um, obviously they have a low percentage when they're expected. There's a difference between unexpected and expected onside kicks. Uh Sean Payton knows that, right? Um, but uh the uh the the percentage that you want, um, I think people generally agreed to something like fourth and 17. And then we we're all like, yeah, but that's stupid. We can't. Let's make it a nice round number and make it four than fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's so cool that having that conversation a couple of years ago has translated into a product with professional football. Um, and and Sam has done remarkable work with the XFL. Justice has also done work with the XFL. Um, <laughs> but 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 Sam, I, I can't I can't praise Sam enough for for how much um, he has helped with. Thank you. I mean, he's a big part of the kickoff stuff. Sam uh, the He's been a big part of the kickoff stuff. He's been a big part of helping design like rules like 4th and 15. So just shout out to him. Uh, this is really critical stuff because the NFL has adopted rules from other leagues before, including the two point conversion rule. They adopted that from both the USFL, uh, the old USFL and uh, the AFL, which originally had it. Um, it took until 1994 for the NFL to adopt the two-point conversion, but it's still an AFL rule that they essentially sniped. They have. Uh, they also took the fact that the clock is visible on the field from the AFL. C- crazy that that had to happen, um, and also names on the backs of jerseys. They took that from the AFL too. A um, lot of rules, and and they've taken some stuff from from like XFL and USFL stuff before. It's super cool that you know these other leagues essentially forced the NFL's hands to be into being a more exciting
2: product and the XFL is working in partnership with the NFL they're very clear about that all weekend they were pushing it really hard like hey we're working with the NFL we are an NFL developmental league yeah this is 54th man and all that you are
1: not shooting a small potatoes documentary
2: with us this is not (laughs) yeah Well, it, it's that, but also, like, that they wanted to be really clear, like, we have the support of the NFL and that entire infrastructure, and therefore so, we can survive. So you
1: can invest emotionally in us. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And also, when it comes to those rule changes, it is kind of a testing ground for, for rules. The other, Another interesting thing they have is challenges. You only get one challenge. Uh, and you can challenge anything. There are not things that are challengeable or unchallengeable. You can challenge flags. You can say a flag should have been thrown on that play. You can challenge whatever you want. You only get one and you have to have a timeout uh, to to throw it. Um, and that turned out to be really interesting because a team ran out of challenges and didn't have timeouts and couldn't challenge. Uh, the It was the Ben DiNucci fumble. They couldn't challenge it at the end. It wouldn't have been overturned. But you still kind of see the interest, the intrigue there. Of like if you're at the end of the game and you don't have your challenge, you might get screwed. Uh, but on the flip side, you get a lot more options. It's it's interesting.
1: Yeah, and I I love the incorporation of the Sky Judge as part of the broadcast. So the NFL yes. has slowly over the past four years adopted a kind of a sky judge type situation with their New York instant replay review stuff. But the communication that you get from the officials to each other uh, over the past two years, not just, you know, this weekend, because again, I didn't watch anything this weekend, um, has been extraordinarily educational for people watching. And it really, the NFL is always scared that more information might make fans more critical or less understanding, or point to flaws in the process in order to hyper focus. But it always seems like it has actually produced a more tempered and more educated product. Like when the NFL was resistant to releasing the All Twenty Two, than they did, and football coverage improved tremendously. Yeah, you got people who didn't know how to watch it, and and they posted mm-hmm. stuff that didn't help and whatever. But for the most part, it improved things tremendously. I think this is the same thing here. All last, uh, both the Fall and the XFL did this, but all every time that that happened last, I don't know, year is the right word, but the last seasons that they they held were fantastic. It it really allowed us to see by what criteria, um, the quote unquote Sky Judge is using to help make these calls, and it really improves fans, uh appreciation of the credibility of the officials, which is a goal that the NFL explicitly has. So um I love that incorporation yeah. in there. It's fantastic. It's super
2: smooth. There was uh, a really, really hard one in the Roughnecks game. It was a simultaneous possession thing. It was very similar to the fail Mary, the replacement ref thing, where it probably should have been an interception, but they called it simultaneous possession and, and a touchdown for the offense. And you got to see Dean Blandino going like looking at every single angle looking at just saying I can't see the ball from that one I can't see the ball from that one and at the end of it he said I can't see the ball we have to go with call stands and I feel like that would have been such a controversial moment in the NFL if you didn't have the transparency of literally the the guy making the decision going yep yeah, can't can't see it just gotta go with it and seeing that thought process and and that transparency and you're not hearing anybody talk about that as the moment of the xFL and I think that's
1: really yeah, good for the one last,
2: NFL. Yeah. one last note before we move on that thing
1: humanizes the officials too right and i think that's important right because um a lot of times when people are upset about the club they're like looking at these you know freeze frames that are released like three days after the game and they they compare these officials to a perfect computer that has all of the information available to them and and having a New York review in pro- New York, right? Like it's, we're already, you know, ah, oh, it's New York. It's the East Coast has decided this game, right? But <laughs> um, but like having like, oh, uh, New York ruled in. They said it was a catch. And it's just like, well, I, okay, fine. Right? If That feels so. It's like condescending almost. Yeah, it's condescending. Like, yeah. It's alienated mm-hmm. from like what, what the process was. It humanizes these officials and it gives you an understanding of how they make the decisions they make. I love it. Yeah.
0: NBA, since the Donahue scandal, obviously, they kind of need to do this. They've had much yeah. better officiating transparency. Um, the announcements that they give, like after a review, are much more personal in nature. They, like, look right in the camera. They, they are very and they're funny. Re- they're so – because they're looking down into like, a bad <laughs> webcam. It's great. <laughs> yeah. But then they release the the two-minute report or the four-minute report where they actually take accountability for bad calls, and that that is so needed in the yeah. NFL game. One change that I, I kind of would like is the expedited play clock. Um, it's like when they changed the college basketball shot clock by five seconds, it didn't affect the quality of play whatsoever, but it got more possessions, more shots up. It's harder to stall at the end of a game. And I think for all those reasons, that would be better in the NFL too with the 35-second play clock. Um, get them running one-eighth more plays and up the tempo just a little bit. I don't think that would have a massive effect. On the ability to huddle, the ability to get plays in, you can instead allow coaches to talk to them down to ten seconds, maybe or twelve seconds, give them a little bit more time if they need it. Um, I don't love stopping the clock on in, or running the clock I mean, on incompletions. I don't think time of game is a complaint around the NFL. I think pace of game might be. Like I think that you want to see more plays, um, and I don't need a I don't need a faster game. I just want a more up tempo game if that makes sense. Um, so that's that's a subtle one that I wouldn't mind adopting. Um, Is that noticeable when you watch that they're like playing
2: faster, Luke? Uh, the pace, I didn't really feel the pace one way or another, which probably means it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, it probably means mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, because you tend to notice
2: when it's slower, yeah. Um, it didn't feel uh, like rushed or anything, yeah. But there, I, I were, will... there were only a couple of times where it went to like a really big, long, slow stoppage. But every time they did it, it was the officials trying to deal with something or a big review, and you always got in, into that process, so there was still something happening. It didn't just feel like, oh, we're into our 900th whopper break. <laughs> whopper, 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 whopper. <laughs> um,
1: I, I will say that, Sam, stop, they're not paying us. I will say that um, NFL games, my understanding is that NFL games are getting longer. I think that you're right that it is not a complaint currently. That wouldn't shock me if it becomes a complaint very soon, I don't think that that's the solution. I think the solution is just fewer commercials, which is like a very difficult one to ask for because you're asking the NFL to not monetize, and it, it just you get addicted to that kind of stuff, even if it lowers the quality of your product and eventually decreases your your potential revenue pool when it turns off people at the fringes. But mm-hmm. um, I am glad that they're experimenting. I don't love that, but I'm glad that they're uh, I- experimenting for sure. We
0: end the show as we always do with. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party
1: foul. Arif, why don't you go first? Yeah, my party foul goes to Luke
2: Braun. Get better internet, man. (laughs) Luke Braun. I was also going to give it to my internet, but now that's been (laughs) stolen. (laughs) Dang. Uh... In an act of petty revenge, I'll give mine to uh, Ben Danucci, who had orchestrated a lovely comeback to beat the DC Defenders, who had been throwing literal lemons on the field. Uh, their fans were rambunctious and out of line, and they were. Danucci had a great chance to just to stick it to him, and uh, fumbled on the goal line. Seattle and first down or and, and uh goal line plays from the one with the game on the line man uh, i'll say this
1: uh he got screwed by the rules somehow don't know how yet i'll find that out later he, he played perfect didn't.
2: yeah both of those things are empirically false
0: <laughs> um the nba skills challenge used to be my favorite night of tv it's just not as good anymore i i need i need more star power Load management is dumb, and it's even dumber when it's a skills competition. Like, why? Why are the best players not competing in the little contests? Come on, now. They had
1: they had plenty of star power. They had Carl Malone. (sighs) And with that, (laughs) certainly someone in headlines with with that Uh, definitely could have could have done the party foul there on the NBA, huh? (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you could have, kind of glad you didn't. Um, but there is a blizzard coming. Hope everybody stays safe. A a blizzard of snow, a weather event. Yeah, a snowstorm, snowstorm. That's Luke Braun. That's Arif Hasan. Um, we'll be back on Thursday as a group. Luke and I will have a draft show coming up tomorrow. Talk more uh, Vikings angles of this draft. Can't wait for that. Uh, But it's the Minnesota Football Party. Thanks so much for watching. Find us on YouTube, on Audio, or on Roku or Amazon Fire. Uh, We'd appreciate that as well. See everyone.